2: just go to cars.com It's magical.
0: Introverted noise. Oh up, yeah,
1: daddy. Let's do it. out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pitches oh, it, this! it! To oh, Williams! My...
3: Touchdown! You've got to be kidding me!
0: All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. And we're back. We got the full crew here for you. And we got a pretty packed show, so we're going to get this thing going right away. QB1, you're back. How's it going, man? How you been?
4: Everything good, man. You know, use the bi-week to recharge the battery, but I'm ready to go now.
0: Yes, sir. Ready for the backstretch. Miles you've been traveling you've been busy a lot going on for you man good to have you back how you been yeah i'm good man just been really busy but but i'm good good busy's good busy's good
2: it can be yeah
0: sexy <laughs> prince my man out here spending money like you printed buy anything cool over the bye, over the bye week
3: i did man i uh, i got uh airpods and i'm currently using them right now uh, they've are uh, very, very good purchase, in my opinion. Oh. You fancy,
0: Yo, fancy, Yo, fancy, hey, fancy, fancy,
3: fancy. Hey man, as Kelly Campbell would always say, it is what it is, man.
0: <laughs> so, Prince, we'll start with you before we get into, like, I guess the you know, like the substance of the show. If there is really a lot of that on the show, what did you do over the bye week?
3: Yeah, I um, I got a lot of just like uh, errand type stuff done, a lot of like some of the side hustles that I enjoy doing. Like I could put a little bit more time into those that I haven't really been able to do over the last couple of weeks, you know, just playing more music, um, on Sunday, um, uh, I got opportunity to kind of reprise my role as Nick from theater people. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a fantastic time and it happened on Sunday, you know, during when the Vikings would have played. So it kind of worked out really well. So yeah, um, I'm a firm believer in always having five hustles in your life. Um, I have four, and I'm looking for a fifth one. So, Oh,
0: yeah. Basically means if you get an email from Prince, just delete that right away. Send it to spam. You don't want to be part of that hustle. Miles, how about you? <laughs> By week, what you do?
2: Uh, I've, I've just been working. Uh, got a lot of stuff planning for 2019 for work. So that's all I've been doing.
0: Damn, all right. you sound so down when you're saying that. How's Teddy look? You know, try to bring you back up. Teddy's good. Teddy's
2: just very, Teddy, Teddy's an impatient dog. He also really likes to play a lot and likes attention. So
0: there's that. Okay, so no rest for the weary. But he's
2: good. No, I, <laughs> not, not so much rest as of late, but it's all right. I'm hoping I, I got some days off next week, so I'll be able to recharge then
0: cool 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 and uh jr you mentioned you got to recharge a little bit what you do over the bye week um
4: actually got to type up some scouting reports for the 2019 draft and I, I actually finished ozark season oh. two
0: man who is this guy jr watching tv <laughs> shows like Hey, Game finished. of Thrones doesn't change here. You. you gonna yeah. the real question is are you gonna watch Game of Thrones week by week with the rest of us when it comes on in April?
4: Absolutely. I felt oh. left out the last time I couldn't.
0: Oh man, this is gonna be we might have to have like a, a companion pod for Game of Thrones or
4: something. Yeah, Get down, that going. Man, I love Game of Thrones.
0: Yes, sir. And Saxy Prince, I'm a little disappointed in you right now because you talked about theater people.
3: Isn't that always the case?
0: Though? I mean you, 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 you <laughs> talked about theater people, and you know. <laughs> I mean, that was your, your your opportunity right there. But since actually Prince forgot or is being humble or bashful or something, I'm going to let you all know that the theater people, they need your donations. We're going to put the link in the show notes. Prince has tweeted it earlier this week. I'm sure he'll tweet it again today. But go on, especially if you, you I guess, we'll, we'll, we'll still be going on tomorrow, Prince? Or suggest you know, tonight while we
3: record? Today, to, yeah, today was the is the official gift to the Max day. Um, if you go to my Twitter uh, feed, well, probably, I mean, by the time people listen to it, it might be, you know, the next day. but I mean, We'll get
0: this posted on Thursday. It'll go up yeah, on yeah. Thursday.
3: Yeah, so ways we what I've been doing, I probably need to do it actually during the pod, is every hour, so we recorded 24, 25 little skits. They're like one or two, they're like one and a half to two minutes, three minutes long or whatever. Kind of like mini-sodes and they're releasing every hour so everyone who's been part of the theater people community for the last four uh seasons um we gonna be part of this i was briefly on i think episode three uh right away um i was playing some sacks or whatever so you get to see me there and then i think the probably four or five episodes ago episode maybe 14 i think or 15 or something like that um you get to see me again as nick um, in that episode so uh yeah go check it out they drop every hour on the hour um and yeah i've been kind of tweeting it, tweeting it out a- as it comes out so yeah
0: all right then so yeah support the man sexy prince support the cause keep the arts going and all that good stuff and uh okay well i guess that's all we're gonna say about that and let's jump in a little bit of football talk jr miles start with you guys because you know prince and i covered a lot of this stuff last week well, y'all, you know, abandoned us. So we're going to get your take on some of these things here. And Vikings are coming out of the bye. We're going down the back stretch now. And uh, Jr., what are you really hoping to see from this team as, you know, they make their march towards what we all are hoping will be a uh, comfortable berth in the playoffs?
4: Well, I want to see the offense find a way to generate some more explosive plays. And I think that's going to help with Dalvin Cook being back because we all know in his first game back last week, or against the Lions a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the first few touches he had, were they weren't so great, but then he reels off that 70-yard run. So I think with him being back and just the threat of him being out there is going to help the guys out on the perimeter as well. And also, he can receive the ball out the backfield as well, we know he's a home run hitter, So they have to find a way to generate some type of explosive plays because all year we've been nickel and diamond down the field in hopes of putting those 10-plus play drives together and that's just not sustainable and what we saw last year is that the offense was much more explosive so they have to find a way to generate some explosive plays that's something that i'll be watching monitoring or i'll be monitoring closely
0: yeah and, and that's something that um you know a lot of fans i think all of us throughout the course of the season have kind of been lamenting the fact that the offense for all of the yardage that we're putting off is a lot of it's really just volume based they pass more so we're putting up more passing yardage um for you, let's say you get to come in and they're saying, JR, you get to help us design our offense for the for the, the back half of the season. What kind of concepts are you putting in? What kind of, um, I guess, different sorts of, of play designs um, might you be rolling out there? Obviously, you mentioned, you know, get the ball to Dalvin Cook because, you know, he's he's special with the ball in his hand. But outside of, you know, just getting it to Dalvin, are, are there any things the, the Vikings can do differently to maybe open up some more of those shot plays down the field that, uh, that we became accustomed to seeing, you know, in, in the past couple of seasons?
4: Well, I think Flip is doing a great job of actually designing the plays. He's just not getting the opportunity to run them because of just how tight the games have been in certain situations. And there hadn't been a lot of sudden changes within games to where he can really time those shot plays. And a lot of other times is Kirk Cousins just taking – chances down the field which is something we saw Case Keenum do a bit more of and that's not to say Kirk Cousins isn't taking those chances down the field it's just not as much or as rapidly as Case Keenum was so it's just Kirk Cousins having more faith in those guys down the field and a lot of it is Flip not having the confidence in those guys up front to hold up to throw those plays down the shot plays down the field as well so I would like to see him take more chances down the field, and I think he's going to get some more timing within games to take those shot plays down the field as well.
0: Awesome, and then I guess the last question because it's something that's come up a lot. And Vikings fans, um, if you kind of just you know starting to, to to see some of the conversations, they've been ongoing. There's been a rumble for a little while, but fans don't really seem to know what to make of uh, of Filippo at this point. Um, from your perspective, from what you've seen, obviously having played quarterback watching the film on all these games, um, how much of what fans are worried or, or concerned about is the play design, which would be flip, and then how much of it is, you know, Kirk Cousin and the execution and maybe not, or the offensive line not holding up or whatever it might be. Like, from your perspective, how much is on flip and how much is on the players?
4: I think it's a combination of both, and there's been so many moving parts this year. It's going to take a while for them to develop that chemistry because Flip and Kirk Cousins have never worked together. This is their first year, and they're obviously implementing a new offense as well with a lot of moving parts or different parts up front as well. So they're still working out that chemistry, but like I said, I would like to see them find a way to generate some more explosive plays down the field because if they're able to do that, I think that will open up the passing game even more, not only in the deep parts of the field, but if you're able to have that threat of going down the field i think that opens up not only the running game but your passing game in the intermediate and short areas as well because you're threatening those teams deep and they're going to try to keep everything in front of them
0: okay and miles same question for you obviously you uh you weren't here last week so we need to get your thoughts on kind of the the backstretch uh, stretch. excuse me of the of the season and, and kind of what you're looking for what you hope to see outside of obviously uh you know more explosive players because jr took that one
2: yeah i'm gonna take it in a little different direction i i as a team and as you know, as a as a whole, I want to see them reclaim that home home field advantage. And I think what did they lose? They've lost two games at home this year so far, and they have three left. So, um, I'll, that yeah, that's a that's a big thing for me. I think they they need to get that back because they they have three games left at home, uh, seven games le- seven games total. And for me, I think I think they need to go five and two at the down the stretch. No matter how it happens. How that five and two occurs, I just think that's what they need to do to get to get to where they want to be in terms of by the end of the season. That's where I think the the record should be. It doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs if they don't do that, but um, that's that's a big part of it for me. Is it's solidify- just being better at home than what we see them be. Um, Kirk Cousins hasn't played as well in, at US Bank Stadium as we'd like him to, uh, and I think week one he he played really well, but then after that, I feel like there's been a little bit of a dip in play at, at home. And we've seen him play well on the road. So that, that's a good thing. So that, you know, you, you know, you have four games left on the road. Um, some big ones, obviously the one Chicago, uh, New England and, C- and Seattle. Those are three really big games on the road that I think we know that they need at least win two of them. And so I'll, I just want to see a little bit of that. I just want to see a little bit more uh, consistency at home. I want to see them kind of sweep, sweep the rest, rest of the way around at home. And then like you guys have touched on is on the offense is more explosive plays. And what I want to see with a healthy Delvin cook is I want to see the ability to, to throw, throw more downfield. I think what the reason we haven't seen this team throw downfield as often is because without Delvin cook, they, they really seem to be using Diggs as their, um, their gadget player, their guy around the line of scrimmage, their guy on sweeps and screens. Um, Cause they want to get the ball in their playmakers hands, the guys that they know that can make, Make people miss, um, break tackles, do all that. That's what the, that's. And without Dalvin Cook, the the best, the the next best option, or you know, you can call him your best option, but your next best option is is uh, Stephon Diggs. So you saw them do that to help create and generate some more uh, um, more plays in that in the quick game, especially when the the run game wasn't wasn't uh, performing as well. So I want to see them get back to that. Um, using Dalvin Cook in more more varieties. And um, and we saw a little bit of it against Detroit, but obviously Diggs wasn't there. So I think getting Diggs and Cook both healthy it opens up for everybody. It allows you to be a little bit more creative with everything. Um, and then to touch on it, I know we've talked to you a little bit about it, but uh, it looks like uh, Chad Beebe might get an opportunity to play a little bit more snaps. Um, and we saw him play well against Detroit with, with Diggs out, but I think we might see him get some some uh, run on in three receiver, three receiver sets. And, you know, we know that Adam Thielen has the ability to play on the outside. And this is, this could come in handy on that because BB is BB is a really good mismatch against linebackers and, um, and possibly safeties. I know it's still early. Um, but I think we, we know that Adam Thielen can run on the outside and Laquan Treadwell has, has, you know, he's, he's done better against press coverage. He's done better against man, um, man coverage as of late. You've seen him, um, get f- more free releases and all that, which has been um, a positive sign. But I think BB just wins in a different way. He just brings something that we haven't seen uh, from a, a Vikings wide receiver in a while. And grit. the grit, the grits all there. And and I know people don't like the comparisons, but I mean, the at least these ones are fair. Chad BB is, a you know, has that Wes Welker, that Julian Edelman, like it's the truth. Um, that, that's his style of play and that's okay. Um, but I think the Vikings didn't – they didn't have that on this roster before before uh, BB came along. So I think now that – that just adds a different dimension that you can kind of get a little bit more creative with and um, a little more rub routes, a little bit more uh, opportunity to do some things to get guys into space. And I think with those three receivers, you could do a little bit more of that. So that that's kind of what I want to see. And I just want to see this offensive line continue to develop. Um, some guys are banged up. Tom Compton still limited. My grammar is still limited. So, I, you know, I just want to see if those guards can come back healthy and for this this back stretch. Because on Sunday, I, obviously, I'm worried about Cleo Mack. Like, I think everybody's worried about Cleo Mack. I might be a little bit more worried about Akeem Hicks than I am, uh, Cleo Mack, because I oh, think my. they can kind of provide a little bit more help on the edge than they might be able to in inside in terms of that, especially if you're, if both of your starting guards are either hurt or. Um, just banged up in general, so we're just, just not good. I think that's just what worries me a little bit.
0: Okay, well, Miles, that's a perfect segue because that's the next thing I wanted to ask y'all about. Prince, hop in here. Uh, the Vikings injury report is uh, is extensive, even coming out of the bye. Uh, hopefully, as you know, the week moves along. Uh, you know, some of these limiteds will turn to to fools, or maybe will be questionables because those guys usually tend to play. But of all of the people who are listed on the uh the injury report, I guess who are you most worried about missing this game, and uh, and why? Oh,
3: um, I mean, that's I think it's challenging, um, actually, to pick one because I I want everyone on the I want everyone on the offensive line to be healthy. Um, I also want, you know, some of our defensive guys to um still be able to show up because I do think that the um I do think that the Bears have the weapons to be able to do a lot of the things that they want to do. Um I've been saying for a while, I think having Anthony Barr back is still is the thing that I would like to see. Um but maybe we kinda point to Adam Thielen probably Uh, The most, you know, having Adam Thielen over the last few weeks has showed that, you know, even when the offense is dead, he can, he can provide some of that spark on the offense, you know, with a big player, whatever the case is. So I think without Adam Thielen, I, I get worried as much as, you know, Diggs was already getting double teamed as it was. He was kind of that, that, that bright spot to be able to get us, um, you know, some of those mismatches because he is better than any, any team's uh, cornerback too. and you know he's better than a lot of teams cornerback one but with him out obviously that that means all the all the coverage he's rolled over the days like it's already been doing and and then you really have to ask yourself you know who's going to be that third guy you know i do like what miles has said as far as you know maybe that that guy starts stepping up as far as chad Beebe, maybe he becomes more um explosive out of the slot um maybe laquan fredwell has a has a decent game with those two guys out and whatnot um, so I I, w- I guess I can't just point to one. I would definitely point to those two guys specifically, just because I think that they are, um, you know, Adam Thielen obviously very important to the offense. But I think I still think that Anthony Barr is really integral to this defense, despite what some people might think. Um, I, I think there's some there's some wrinkles and things that Zimmer has wanted to do on the defensive side of the ball that you know without Anthony Barr um, he can't. Yeah, just because that's an, there's another edge rusher you could potentially have as, as well as another guy with just uh, freakish athleticism that you can um, use to create, you know, like in more of the exotic type list packages. But um, yeah, those are the two guys that I think I'm the most worried about. Uh, more specifically on the offense, I would say Adam Thielen.
0: All right, so uh, Jr. Miles, we are getting close to time for us to uh, to go and get our guests. But Jr. From your perspective, looking at the injury report. Uh which guys which which people still being on there at this point uh you know are the most concerning for you?
4: Yeah, I agree with agree with Prince. I will go with uh, Adam Thielen and Anthony Barr. I think this is a game where they need Anthony Barr because the Bears are so reliant upon their two-headed monster in the backfield and Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. They use Tariq Cohen all over the place. And I think Anthony Barr's length and athleticism could give him some issues. And I don't think he's necessarily going to slow down Cohen, but just how fast and quick twitch he is. I think Barr is the perfect guy to help limit him as far as running sideline to sideline with him and trying to contain him. Now, I don't think they're ever going to match him up in man to man uh, with Barr and Cohen because he definitely would be at a disadvantage in that situation. but as far as zone coverages and when they try to throw those quick screens to him into the boundary or even to the field sometimes they do do that with him those tunnel screens or even those quick slip screens out of the backfield I think Anthony Barr's athleticism could really help in that situation and Adam Thielen of course anytime he's on the field he's a difference maker in the slot now their slot cornerback Bryce Callahan is a really good player he's having a really good year but I think Adam Thielen could take some things and use against him. And I think he definitely will have the advantage in that matchup.
0: Miles, are we making it a clean sweep? Are you going with Bar and Thielen, or is there anyone else that you also have that's uh, that's making you a little nervous?
2: I mean, the only the not that I'm not nervous that Barr, you know, might not come back or that we don't need him, but I think in terms of integral parts of this of, of this team right now, I think obviously Xavier Rhodes. Um I think he'll be back but you know just seeing him on injury reports never you know a good thing uh and then to me it's it's all the guys on the offense i mean david besides adam thielen we, we know how, how important adam thielen is, is to this offense but david morgan i mean what he's done to help this team in terms of the run game and just in in pass blocking as well i mean what he's done off the edge to help to help some of those guys um I think he's a, a a sneaky important part of this offense that I just don't think it, it it's just not things that show up in the stat sheet. kind of like an offensive lineman that um, he's kind of been an extension of that that I think they're really going to miss. And I don't think he's going to be able to make it back this week. It sounds like he'll be out for a little while, but he's one. And then um, both, like I said earlier, both the guards, um, I think you can get away with, you know, one of them being hurt, but I think, if you were to lose both Compton and Rummers this week, I think that'd be really tough because you really hit your depth. And I think against this defensive line and this defensive front seven, that's going to be really important this week to have those guys back and back and healthy. So that that's my biggest worry is the offense. Cause I, we we've seen this, this, this team and this defense adjust when a couple of guys are out here and there, because we know Zimmer Zimmer's brought in guys to, to help take take advantage, you know, they have anthony harris or george aloka or jaron curse that can play safety with when andrew with andrew sandeo how they have eric wilson and ben gideon who can play linebacker with anthony Barr out and those guys know know the know the defense inside and out um but then when you look at the offensive line it's already banged up and and hurt as it is but then you know you're already down compton so you had danny Isidore step in you might have to have brett jones step in for you know mike remmers so there's um, a lot of fluctuation there you just want to get that offensive line healthy so you know you can get all five guys back healthy and they can um you know play together and kind of get some of that cohesiveness so for me it's the offense that i want to see uh get healthy and that's where i'm i'm the most worried
0: okay those are all very good choices and uh we're gonna wrap up this segment of the show and uh Take a quick pause here while we go and and get our guest on the line. So uh, hang with us. All right, and uh, the timing was perfect on that one. We went to get our guest, and he appeared. So uh, we're going to jump right into this uh, this Bears game preview with Aaron Lemming. Aaron and I will get things started here with a you know softball warm up question for you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where our listeners can find your work.
1: Well, uh, I'm Aaron Lemming, uh, right for three different places: uh, BearReport.com, which is a subsidiary of Scout, um, then also Windy City Gridiron, which is part of uh, SB Nation, and then also the Blitz Network, which I'm helping out with a few buddies, trying to get that uh, website started. So you can find me at Aaron uh, Lemming1mNFL on Twitter. So that's that's pretty much
0: it. That's awesome. Well, uh, you know, we follow from a distance. You know, this is one of those those rare occasions where we're playing you know against the team that you cover but right now we're all on the same team cheering against the Packers so that's a that's a good thing for tonight while we're recording but uh can you tell us a little bit about how things are going with the Bears season to date and kind of how the fan base is taking i guess the success the uh you know yeah how how are things going in in Chicago and is this expected or is this unexpected in terms of how well they're doing right now
1: you know that's a fun question because it's uh man if you if you're involved with Bears Twitter at all it's it's kind of a whirlwind it's kind of a double-edged sword type of thing so I mean I, I think in terms of expectations I think they're definitely exceeding right now I mean this is a 5-11 and 11 team last year uh, they had a lot of struggles there was a lot of questions about Trubisky there definitely still is don't get me wrong on that but I think he's taken a big step forward so far this year but I mean they're sitting 6-3 and three right now in first place depending on what happens on Sunday night I mean that's going to kind of be the flip there but overall I, I I think the the overall impression has been good but unfortunately with most Bears fans, they've been let down a lot. I mean, going back to 2013, they had a chance to get in the playoffs, lost to the Packers in Week 17. Uh, going back to 2012, uh, they basically blew a 7-1 start. and even though they're 10-6 and, and Lovie Smith got fired. But there's just – there's so many things that have gone wrong for them uh, really over the last like eight years. So it's it's pretty understandable. Everybody's kind of cautiously optimistic. And, and I think really the big thing right now is just looking and saying, okay, this team is 6-3. and three. They've had some – I would say some impressive wins just in terms of blowouts. But at the same time, they still haven't beat a team over 500. So this is going to be a big test for the Bears on Sunday. Um, but, I mean, that's just kind of the overall feelings with the fans right now and where everything's kind of at.
0: Yeah man, that is uh that that's uh that's awesome. And I guess the one question I have, and I know I'm kind of jumping, you know, off script a little bit on this one here, but uh there was some talk early in the season and and maybe Vikings Twitter's own Arif Hassan was responsible for that. But what is this that I that I that I hear about you know Mitch Trubisky not being able to throw left? Is that actually a thing or is that just something that, you know, is is a, a Vikings Twitter joke that, well, that ended you know, up taking off?
1: As soon as you, as soon as you mentioned a reef, it was like, oh, I know exactly where you're going with this one. Uh, you know, it it's it, it was a thing. I, I mean, those when you actually look at his passing charts going back, especially last year. I mean, it definitely was, uh, and I think the, the big reason for that, especially in John Fox's offense, if you can really call it an offense, was the fact that. They rolled him out a lot, Uh, and usually in those situations, he w- he was left with the situation you were throwing on the side of the field that he rolled rolled off onto or throwing across the field, which was usually to the side that everybody didn't think he could throw to. So this year it's definitely been different. Offense has been a lot more spread out. Matt Nagy's done a great job with this offense, all things considered. Uh So I I definitely think that that's definitely kind of killed. I think really the only knock right now, or I shouldn't say the only knock, but the big knock with Trubisky is the fact that he's been very, very inconsistent downfield. Uh, There's times when he hits guys and everything's good, especially Taylor Gabriel. And then there's other times where he'll go on a two or three game stretch where he's just highly inconsistent downfield and he's missing most of his throws. But as far as the throwing left thing, uh, not really, not really a thing anymore.
0: All right. Awesome.
3: Yeah, Aaron, thank you for coming on. Well, I mean, one thing that probably was the one of the biggest talks of this season was obviously the Khalil Mack trade coming to the Bears, and he's been nothing but dynamic ever since he's come to the Bears. Uh, you know, talk about that, that, that trade and how it's kind of affected the Bears season thus far.
1: Well, I think it was big. I mean, you, you look at going into the season uh, for the Bears – one of the big questions was their defense, and it really wasn't so much that oh, you know, they're gonna have a bad defense, whatever it may be. But edge rusher has been a question for them for quite a while now, even going back to last year. Look at what they had, uh, they had often injured guys like Willie Young, Bernal McPhee. Um, It was just I mean, they even signed Lamar Houston off the street after cutting him uh, before week one and brought him back and he ended up having four sacks for him. So they and the thing is, they didn't really do much. They went out and they signed Aaron Lynch. It's like, okay, Aaron Lynch really hasn't been very good in his entire career. And, you know, especially over the last three years. So they drafted Kylie Fitz, and then in the sixth round. You're kind of wondering, all right, this is going to be an issue. Don't really know what you're going to get from Leonard Floyd, and all of a sudden they go out and they make a move for Quill Mack, and it's like the the entire landscape changed, and it changed on a few different areas because you you look at the Bears' cap space right now, or more the point going in that move, and they had a lot of flexibility uh, because they have a rookie quarterback, or a quarterback on a rookie contract, uh, you know, so they they have that flexibility. They went out and they spent big in free agency, but all of a sudden. You trade two first-round picks and among other picks, and then you give Khalil Mack twenty-three and a half million dollars a year, and you're looking at a much more crunched cap uh, issue there. And situations where it's like, you know, Ryan Pace better be right, and I think so far he has been. But it, it's changed everything because the Bears got a decent amount of sacks last year, but the problem was that they weren't consistently getting pressure. They were one of, uh, I think, they were in the bottom ten in overall pressure rate last year. So, I mean, as you guys know getting sacks is one thing, but in, in terms of overall pressure, when you're, when your sacks are kind of an anomaly versus getting constant pressure, it's an issue. So I, it was a big move. And I think it really helped kind of tie things together within that defense.
4: Aaron Jr. Thanks for coming on my man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be on with you guys. So I'm my resident quarterback guy and, I watch quarterbacks from afar around the league, and I've really been fascinated with Trubisky this year and the steps in his development that he's taken. And what you notice around the league, especially from big media, is that he really doesn't get the due credit that he deserves this year, in my opinion. And a lot of people like to bring up the Bucks game from a couple of weeks ago saying that, oh, Nagy is just scheming a lot of wide-open throws for him. But you go back and watch him against the Detroit Lions last week, and he was really making some impressive tight window throws so I just want to get your opinion about his development and just his expectations uh, around the fan base so far. And what's the feeling about his development to this point?
1: Well, it's a really good question. Cause especially in Chicago, I mean, Trubisky has been the, the, the talk, whether it's been good or bad. And I mean, let's face it, looking at his first three games, I mean, you look at the Packers game and he had those first two script, scripted drives where he looked great and everybody's thinking, all right, well, this is, this is really good. You know, this is, this is a whole new thing. And, He fell off and then Seattle was so, so uh, his game in Arizona was absolutely awful. I was actually at that game and it's, it was interesting because you, for the first time with a lot of people, you started seeing a lot, you know, some doubt creep in. like maybe this guy really just isn't it. And all of a sudden the Tampa Bay game happens. Granted it was against a bad defense. There's no denying that, but something clicked. And ever since that point, his last six games have been, I mean, he's had up and down moments and he's going to, because he's a young guy, but you're seeing a lot more confidence from him. And, and, and one of the big things I go back and I point to, you look at him in week one where, in, like I said, first few drives are good outside of that. He started getting pressure, and the first thing he wanted to do is he dropped his eyes and he started running. And it, you, you started seeing him make bad decisions. He wasn't setting his feet. footwork still somewhat of an issue, especially at times. but to see over the last few weeks it's been very impressive is he's able to stand in the pocket he's not dropping his eyes he's not trying to you know he's not he's not trying to run down field he's not trying to make something happen uh with his feet instead of going through his progressions he's getting through all of his progressions which is also a big thing but i, I think confidence is a real big factor for him right now because he's actually able like you said you know to start making these Tight window throws, uh, you know, th- to really be able to go through his progressions and find the right receiver. I mean, there's been a few different plays where he's been patient in the pocket. He's actually gone through his progressions his first, second, and coming on to his third read, and he's, and he's hitting them. I mean, so it's, it's a thing right now where he's making a lot of strides. I went back, I compared week one and two uh, to what he's done the last few weeks. I mean, the, the overall progression of what he, what he was to what he is right now, um, just from this season alone, has been pretty incredible. Now, with that being said, obviously the the big thing with him is kind of inconsistency. And, you know, for as cool as it was to see him do what he did against Tampa Bay and even the Lions this last week, the Lions were without Darius Slay. The Lions don't really have a good defense. So I think the big thing for a lot of Bears fans right now is they need to see how he's going to progress against a good defense. Like the Vikings, they played some pretty good defenses. I mean, the Bills are not a good team, but they have a good defense. Uh, The Jets have a, a pretty good defense. The same thing with the Patriots. And he was up and down in those games. So it's really about getting, uh, I would say, more of he, – he has usually a good first quarter, usually a pretty good second quarter, and usually about the third, third quarter is when he starts tripping up. And it's, it's at those moments where you see if he can get out of that funk within a series or two, if that's something that's going to plague him throughout the, the rest of the game. And, and one of the big things that he's been progressing with is the fact that he's not letting that affect him. After one or two bad series, he comes back and he finishes game strong, even if he makes a mistake.
2: Yeah, that's great, Aaron. And and talking about uh Mitchell Trubisky, you can't you kind of can't overlook the fact that, um the the major overhaul they had, at the skill position, um in terms of you know what we saw from them last season, it was it was pretty abysmal, probably one of the worst in the league. And then you you turn around and, and make some some big offseason splashes. Can you can you kind of just touch on you know the the those major um passing additions that that you guys made because I think that's really been obviously the kilomack thing was huge but i think a lot of the those additions on offense have really changed the landscape of this whole team
1: yeah it's well it's interesting you bring that up because that was a, that was a big thing last year and it's it's kind of funny because i've i've noticed a few lombardi in particular which bears fans have not uh, not been a fan of uh, the last few weeks but one of the one of the big things that he's getting knocked for right now is the fact that Nagy is doing an extremely good job of of scheming receivers open and, and putting Trubisky in good positions. And the other thing is is that the Bears aren't dropping passes, and that's something that the Bears had massive issues with last year. I mean, their leading receiver was Kendall Wright, who last time I checked, I don't think he's on an NFL roster. I mean, you know, as, as, as Vikings guys, you guys know that because I mean he was he was there through training camp and didn't even make it out. So with Kendall leading receiver. Then you had Dontrell Inman. Uh, I think he just signed a few weeks ago. He didn't even go through training camp with the team and then started the, the season off, uh, you know, not even on a team. You look at what they had versus what they have now. They got Allen Robinson, who was hurt for a few games, uh, but he, I mean, he had a he had a big game uh, this, this last week. Anthony Miller's finally starting to come on. That's been kind of interesting because I was a big fan of Anthony Miller coming out of the draft out of Memphis. But the issue in the beginning of the year was, he couldn't, him and Trubisky just could not get on the same page. I don't know what it was. Trubisky was constantly overthrowing him or Miller was running the wrong route, whatever it is, but they're finally getting that connection. Uh, Taylor Gabriel has been a very, very pleasant surprise. I thought, you know, on the surface, I didn't really think that was a great signing for the money, but he's been their deep threat. Uh, he's actually been an excellent route runner, which which somewhat surprised me. And they've been usually ma- mainly using him outside. Uh, but I think the biggest addition that they've made and that really fits their offense is Trey Burton, the tight end coming from Philadelphia. I mean, he was never a number one. He really wasn't ever a number two. And they bring him in, and he's done a, a great job in the Y. So I think when you when you mix all those things together, plus Tariq Cohen still there, uh, I'm not going to say that they're using him in quite the Tyreek Hill role that maybe some people are blowing it into because he's a good player. He's not that good of a player uh, and he doesn't have that kind of speed, but they have so many weapons right now that you're seeing that there's, there's been five different pass catchers that the bears have had so far this year that have had uh, hundred yard games. And they have four different pass catchers right now that have over 400 yards and everything's being distributed uh Pretty evenly, almost kind of like the Eagles last year, where you saw that the Eagles had a high output on offense, but you didn't really have a ton of you know thirty well you didn't i don't think they even had a thousand yard receiver i think their their highest receiver was either Ertz or uh or Jeffrey, but I don't think they were over a thousand yards and that's kind of what we're seeing this year from the Bears a lot of options, and Trubisky's not locking onto one guy, which is good
0: all right well uh with all of that, there seems to be a lot uh to be happy about if you're a bears fan uh From your perspective, what are the keys to victory for the Bears in this game? Because it looks, at least on paper, like it should be a very competitive matchup. Uh, What are you looking to see, I guess, for the Bears to pull this one out?
1: Well, I think there's two. I think you got to look at, you know, both sides of the ball for the Bears. I think the biggest one offensively is, I mean, the Vikings have a very good defense. I know they got off to a little bit of a slow start. There was a lot of issues there in terms of Everson Griffin, you know, all the different stuff that's going on. And I think that's sometimes stuff that the Bears, you know, Bears fans overlook a little bit, but Like I said, I mean, you talking about Trubisky. One of the things that he has to do is he has to come out and he has to play big against a good defense. And I think this is going to be a very big key for him because when the Bears have lost a turnover battle, they usually aren't going to win the game. They've been, they have the second highest uh, turnover differential in the league right now. So, I mean that's a that's definitely a big key offensively I think that's going to be simply keeping him protected because their the run game just hasn't been consistent I don't see that getting going this week. Uh defensively, I'm very curious to see the Bears the Bears have obviously had a had a had a good time with their defense this year, but my biggest curiosity is how are the bears DBs going to match up with the Vikings receivers? Because the Vikings have probably the best set of receivers in the league right now. Um, and they, and they do things very well. And I'm I'm very curious to see, because Kyle Fuller had a slow start to the year. Uh, he's really picked up. He's been playing really well. Prince of Mukamura, you know, he's he's kind of there. He's not bad, but I mean, he has his moments where he's, he's not very good, but he's, he's there. But Bryce Callahan's a big one for me, Bryce Callahan, uh, you know, in the slot and, and Adam Thielen. So I, I'm very curious to see um, how they're going to be able to do against probably the best set of receivers that they've seen this year. Um, so those are really my keys. I mean, the Bears secondary and then uh, really Trubisky on the offensive side. I mean, can he step up and actually play, uh, play big in a, in a big situation?
0: All right. And I guess from you, you mentioned the Bears secondary. Uh, are, are there any matchups on the other side that you feel like the Bears might be looking to exploit when you look at this Vikings defense?
1: I think when I – at least from what I see, I, I think the Bears would be wise to use Robinson a lot more in the slot, and that's something that they've been doing with, with pretty good success. Really, the only guy that hasn't been playing for them in the slot a lot has been Taylor Gabriel. He's been mainly outside. So I think exploiting that situation with McKenzie Alexander a little bit um, – is at least in my mind is going to be is going to be something key for them it's been something that they've been attacking a lot uh, whether it be anthony miller or Allen robinson but they've got to get the passing game going early because like i said i mean their running game has not been good all year this year and i can't see it getting going this week
0: all right last thing we need to get from you before we let you get out of here is uh we need a bold prediction for the game and your final score prediction
1: Oh man, bold prediction. Well, I'm going to say that. Oh man, I I guess this is bold because I'm just going to have to drink the Trubisky Kool Aid here. But I'm just going to say that Trubisky didn't have a turnover. I I think that's pretty bold considering what he's what he's done this year, especially against good defenses. As far as a score prediction goes, I'm going to stick with this, even though I'm not overly confident. I I, I think the Vikings and the Bears are going to split. I also admittedly have said multiple times i think the vikings have a better team and i think they're about to get going uh with that being said i mean bears are eight and two in the last 10 meetings at soldier field and i and i think that they have just enough and they have just enough momentum right now to be able to get it done i think it's gonna be 27 23 but i do think the vikings are gonna take uh take that last matchup in week 17
0: all right well uh can't say I love the score prediction, but everything else was great. Aaron, thank you so much for uh for taking the time to join us tonight, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really do appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Have a good one, man. All right, you too. All right, gentlemen. Well, great stuff from Aaron. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep this thing moving along. JR, I'm gonna go right to you here. You know, you heard what Aaron had to say about the matchup from the perspective of the Bears. What are you looking to see from a Vikings perspective as we go into this game? Uh, yeah, for the Vikings to get the victory versus you know the other way around.
4: Oh, this is a tough matchup, man. This game really scares me because the Bears look really good on film uh, on both sides of the ball. Uh, just starting offensively, they're very explosive. This is a very different team than what we saw a year ago. Mitchell Trubisky is a completely different quarterback. Mac Nagy is doing a hell of a job of scheming guys open to make throws very easy on him and make reads very easy on him. And that's not taking anything away from him because he's made some impressive throws this year, but he's not putting a lot of stress on Mitchell Trubisky to throw in tight windows because he's attacking every single level of the field with all these weapons that they do have, and he's experimenting with guys everywhere. Um, The only guy that's been position-specific or a certain area-specific has been Anthony Miller. He's only been their slot guy for the most part, but every other person on the roster or all the weapons that surrounds Trubisky has been playing every single different spot. Tariq Cohen has been playing in the slot, in the backfield, and sometimes they split him out wide, and they do the same thing with Allen Robinson as well. They experimented with him in the slot out of empty formation last week. He ended up scoring a touchdown off of it, so he's doing a really good job of placing guys all over different positions in order to help them succeed especially Trubisky. Um, the offensive line is playing really well right now. And, I mean, I'm I'm really terrified of what this offense can do against our defense, especially with Xavier Rose banged up. But it's going to be a good matchup, uh, their offense against our defense. I think Matt Nagy versus Mike Zimmer is going to be a very interesting chess match throughout the night. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And on the flip side, I think it's all about the offensive line in this game and how they limit Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is going to line up over Brian O'Neill, And, of course, that should give us nightmares. So we'll see how that does go. How, how can they limit Khalil Mack? I think they can do it by a lot of tight end attack sets, leaving Kyle Rudolph in. Unfortunately, David Morgan won't be playing in this game. This is the one game really where they really do need him because Brian O'Neill is going to need some help. They can't leave him on an island for an extended period of time because that's just asking for a disaster to happen just leaving him one-on-one with Khalil Mack. And also they can use the running back to chip in certain situations as well. And I think the running backs are going to be a big part of this game plan as well. And if you go back and watch the Bears against the Patriots, James White had a lot of success against them. So I expect Dalvin Cook to be a heavy part of this game plan, not only as a rusher, but a receiver out of the backfield as well. I think they can exploit their linebackers against Dalvin Cook. Uh, Roquan Smith, I have a lot of respect for him, but – He still is very young and he still looks lost out there from time to time. And uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels did a really good job of matching up James White against him in space. And they were able to exploit that matchup. So I think this is a very interesting matchup. And a lot of people, especially the big media, are trying to hype it up as a changing of the guard matchup. And this is where the game where the Chicago Bears has a chance to officially take over the NFC North. And this is the huge game for the Vikings. I think this is by far the biggest game of the year for them.
0: Okay. So Miles, uh, you know, Jr. gave us an overview. Uh, From your perspective, I would like to know for both teams, Vikings, what offensive mismatches would you like to see the Vikings really exploit in this game? And then the flip of that is what defensive uh, mismatches are you worried about the Bears exploiting in this game? Well, I think Aaron touched on it
2: um was the is, is the fact that we could you could you could mismatch Adam Thielen on Bryce Callahan. I think that's a that's a big one because I think if you keep Diggs on the outside, it's gonna be Kyle Fuller on him and Kyle Fuller's played well. I'm not saying you you know you completely avoid throwing that direction, but I think in terms of finding that correct mismatch, I think getting Adam Thielen on someone like Bryce Callahan is um there's more chance for an opportunity to win there. I think it's it's a it's a better mismatch. Or you could look you could look at um, you know, depending on how they want to move people around, Dalvin Cook against some of the linebackers. I know the linebackers have been pretty good against um, against against running backs and against the pass this, this season for them, but I think the way Del- the, the the different things that Dalvin Cook can do, I think should should if they can get creative enough, should should create a, a really good mismatch for them. Otherwise, um, flip it around, I think a mismatch that worries me the most would be the obvious one is Tariq Cohen um, just because we've seen these linebackers struggle against quick twitch uh, running backs in the past game. And then Trey Burton would be the other one for me. I, um, I he, He's a guy that – actually, no, I'm going to flip that. I'm not him. I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be their, their rookie, Anthony Miller. Um, I just don't – I'm not sure how they're going to move him around, but I think they've, they've done a really good job of scheming some of these guys. Where if you know how however they move these guys around, he might find that mismatch against um against Mackenzie Alexander, which I'm not saying mackenzie Mackenzie's played well as of late, but if you're looking at any of the guys that you know that are susceptible to to big plays, I think he he gives it up a little bit more than a guy like Trey Wayne, so that'd be another one that I worry about and then i I do think Trey Burton would be another guy that worries me a little bit, but I think if you can if you can keep a guy like Jaron curse on him a little bit, I think that could help.
0: Okay. And then Saxy Prince, we're going to go the other way on this one. From your perspective, on the Vikings, who is the player on defense that you expect to uh, blow this game up for Chicago? And then, you know, vice versa. I mean, I feel like, you know, can I say, other than Khalil Mack for, for Chicago, going the other way, who's the player defensively that you're most concerned about blowing the game up for the Vikings?
3: Um, I think. I think he's it's been a while, you know, it's taken him a few weeks to really, truly um, get back. But I think Everson Griffin is really going to have a game that's going to make it very frustrating for for the Bears offensive line. Um, I know that, you know, his presence has definitely helped the interior defensive lineman as well as Neil Hunter continues with his sack streak. But I, I, I think this is going to be a game where he's going to get home a few times. Um not to say that that's my bold prediction, but I I I just felt like he has a game that's that that's been due, you know, for him to really that welcome back game, and I feel like this is going to be the game where he gets back. Um, and then you ask on the Bears side of the ball, or
0: yeah, which uh, which which defensive player for the Bears other than uh, the Mac are you most worried about?
3: Yeah, um, I think we've talked about it enough times. I think uh, Keem Hicks is going to be difficult to have to deal with. Um, I'm a little bit worried about our interior, especially if we have, um, you know, Tom Cotton's out, if if Remmers is out. I mean, if we have multiple interior uh, offensive linemen that are gone, I think he's going to uh, make life a little bit difficult. Um, And I think that's actually going to contribute to my bold prediction for this game. But uh, yeah, I I am worried about how this, this interior is going to do. And I think it's going to make it a little bit more difficult. So you know, I, I would expect the Vikings to try to have a few trap plays, um, you know, to, to 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 try to get Dalvin Cook some space about. But, you know, we'll see Um, if we if we have two offensive lined down, it's it's going to be a long game. I think Miles had said that earlier as well, too. So those are kind of both my guys on both sides of the ball.
0: All right, then. Well, you teased it. So go ahead and hit us up. Bold prediction, score prediction. What you got for me, man?
3: Uh, I think this is going to be a really low-scoring game. Um, I think it's going to be an unusual game to the tune of 18 to 16. I'm um, predicting five turnovers between oh, both excuse quarterbacks. Me,
0: excuse me, sir. I need, I need a winner, though, well, 18 to 16. The Vikings. The Vikings okay. are going to win. Okay.
3: All right. There we <laughs> the Vikings go. are going to win. But I'm okay. predicting five turnovers between these two quarterbacks. Not because they're playing poorly, per se, but I just think that these – I think this is two really great defenses that are um, – that are going to be playing there. And I think we're going to sh- they're going to show why these are probably the two, t- one of the two top two defenses in the league. Um, so, yeah.
0: So not between the two teams, but between the two quarterbacks. I'm sorry. Are so you saying five turnovers between the two teams or between the two quarterbacks?
3: Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, quarterbacks that are oh, going Lord. to be the So like fumbles and or interceptions.
0: Lord. Okay. Must be some ugly. It's, not,
2: it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a really I'm ugly game.
0: Okay, all right. Miles, bold prediction, score prediction.
2: (laughs) I'm going to go 23 to 20 Vikings, and I think my bold prediction is going to be Dalvin Cook has 150-plus all-purpose yards. Goodness, Miles. I'm proud
0: of
2: you. Oh, my. I don't know what else to think of, so. (laughs) <laughs> or Brian O'Neill doesn't give up a sec. That's too,
0: how are you just going to take more than one, Miles? <laughs> sorry, were you going to use that one? Oh, so light skin today. Ah, JR. Just uh, today? I'm not sorry. I'm, not, I'm really <laughs> not sorry, though. He's really not sorry. He's really not sorry. JR, well, you know, Miles stole yours. Bold prediction, score prediction. What you got, man?
4: It's going to be Cold. Cold games mean it's going to be low scoring and a heavy dose of running, most likely. So I'm going to go 17-13. Vikings win. Bold prediction, I think. Latavis. Did you ever say it was going to be cold? Yeah. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Man, it's going to be like 20-something degrees. That's cold to me.
0: That's not <laughs> bad. Leave the southern Back. leave the southern boy alone. Okay? I, mean, I mean that's summer that's summer weather, JR. What you trying yeah, to okay. when you're not for, not for us, it's not Prince. Let's it's not, not go that far. Running, Let's not go that far. But Collide, yeah. colliding
4: and hitting people in twenty degree weather that ain't warm. <laughs> 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 it's gonna wear on your body, trust me. So I'm gonna go Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook combined for two hundred rushing yards. That's Ooh my boy
0: prediction. Mm-hmm. Right, And, uh, huh. See, I'm gonna go the other way. Cause everyone feels like it's going to be a sloppy, ugly game played on the ground. And I feel like Kirk cousins is going to show out on, um, uh, Sunday night football. And Kirk is going to have over 300 yards and three touchdowns in this game, but the Vikings are going to lose 22 to 21. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all them yards, all the and Hey. And and only three touchdowns. They they can't get any field goals or nothing,
0: huh? Sometimes the bees like that, you know? <laughs> you trust our field goal kicking? Look at the look at Tampa Bay. <laughs> <We're popping laughs> <in> three points. <laughs> Kirk is gonna go full Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. All right. Well, uh, before we get this thing wrapped up here, Jr. Anything we should be on the lookout for you? I know that you mentioned you were starting to get in the draft mode a little bit there. Uh, you can be dropping any uh any gems on the timeline anytime soon.
4: Uh, just a couple of clips here and there of guys that I'm looking at. I've been going over some wide receivers here over the past few days. I know Hakeem Butler from Iowa State is a guy that I've taken a look at, and Akeel Harry from Arizona State is another guy that I've been watching. So. Just be on the lookout for draft notes and just little videos that I drop on the timeline.
0: Okay, and uh, did, did, were you ever able to to mail that gentleman the uh, the draft guide?
4: I was not. I'll make sure to do that.
0: Okay, yeah, make sure that you you follow back up so that you can get him uh, that draft guide, Miles. Now nah, you' too busy. Let me just go ahead and skip you, Saxy Prince. What's going on, man? Anything we should be looking for? um
3: you know you know maybe after this game uh, i know i've been teasing a daniel hunter piece um just getting a little bit more um gifs and stuff that i can kind of post along with the the article and whatnot but i'm excited about it because i think he's been playing phenomenally
0: all right and and, uh, i guess the last question before i get all y'all out of here is uh what night of next week are you going to see creed 2
3: I mean, we got it, right?
0: I mean, we got we. I mean, Prince. I I would have expected you. You already had your tickets. Prince already saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, sexy Prince. You seen it on an open night or?
3: Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know that me and Michael B. Jordan are you know on the same you mean, know, same circles and stuff.
0: You're getting yourself into the next movie. I understand.
3: Yeah, we, I mean, I saw the movie not Black Panther nine times. You know, he we met up uh, on the ninth time, and he was like, you know, you're just part of the crew now. And I'm like, all right, that's fine with me. So just don't be surprised if you see me in, in the next movie
0: in I the mean, background have, somewhere. I mean, you already showed us that one clip of a person who could have been you in the background of that one scene from uh, which one of those movies was it? Was it Avengers, Sexy Prince? Which one of the movies were you were you cut out of?
3: Oh, uh, you're talking about Captain America: Civil War. There we go. There we yeah. go. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was a fun time. I had, that, a of, I had a lot of fun there.
0: You were African seventeen in that one.
3: African seventeen. Yeah. Whereas typically, I'm African nineteen. Yeah, you're um, moving
0: up. You're moving up.
3: Atl is fun. Um, I yeah. had a lot a lot of time.
0: A lot of fun. <laughs> that that's a that's a conversation for another podcast so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this one on up right now so uh listeners as always thank you for sticking with us jr miles yinka thanks for recording this evening special shout out to our guests make sure you're following him on twitter aaron lemming nfl and yeah that's it that's all we will talk to you guys soon have a good one
2: Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google,
1: Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single
2: person.
1: Sharing with us what she's learned.
2: I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild.
1: Listen to our solo acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed anywhere you find podcasts.